Welcome back to Fine Feats and Cheeses, the podcast we're still, even though he's been gone for several years, we're still a little afraid of Ben Gazzara. My name is Leslie Gray Streeter. I am a pop culture and lifestyle columnist for the uh, Baltimore Banner. I'm an author, a person who loves all things Patrick Swayze, no matter what. I'm joined here by my co-host. What is your name, ma'am? I'm Lynn Streeter Childress. I make theater for young audiences and... Um, Leslie, I thought you'd be bigger. Thank you. Where's I thought you'd joke? be bigger. Where's the house um, joke? And I will say we're joined. I'm not sure how much he's going to perk in, but we're joined by, as always, producer Sam. Hello, all. Um, who I have actually w- made watch several Patrick Swayze action movies um, over a holiday together. So I know that whether or not he admits it, he knows what we're talking about. What? No. Yeah. Yeah, he does. Okay, so I am so honored today to welcome our guest, who is not only a friend, but a person I'm a big, huge, like, fangirly, screaming fan of, um, as the star of my favorite movie of all time. He's also a Baltimore dude. He's very talented. He's very spiritual. He writes. He produces. He does all the things. He's just a cool dude. Introduce yourself, sir. Hi, everybody. I'm Jonathan Sheck. What? It's true. (laughs) Um, So there you go. Jonathan, like I said, is uh, known for many, many, many things. He was obviously in That Thing You Do. He was Jonah Hex. I mean, he's a big old, like, you know, action star guy. He's currently starring um, in uh, a television show. Um, tell, tell us what the show is called again. The show is called Blue Ridge. Yes. It's coming out in 2024 after the strike. After the strike. Um, and it's awesome. He's a dad and a husband and just a person who does a lot of cool stuff. Um, and he has some really, he's a survivor. He has some really great stories about like leaving Hollywood to, and he's, his career is going really great since he physically left LA, which is really heartening and amazing. So, sir, what are we talking about today? Well, I, I was informed that we're going to talk about this film that I did, I think in 99? 98 called Roadhouse. Yes. Roadhouse 2. Roadhouse 2. Oh, no, and it what... It's like 2001, 2000. No, it's 2004, 2003. 2006? Was it what? 2006? Was it that late? Yep. Maybe. I could be wrong, but I think that's what I found. I'm actually Googling my <laughs> my divorce. <laughs> <laughs> what? Oh, no. I'll tell you the story how it happened. Okay. <laughs> Oh yeah, so 2000, 2006 is correct. So I was in the middle of this. I was in I was in Maryland visiting my parents. I was going through a really rough time with um, my first wife. Me and her were uh, just broke up, and luckily we're it was going to end. And um, I was devastated. And I contacted Sony and said, "Listen, I just need to work. I, you guys got to put me to work. What do you have?" And they gave me a list of films. <laughs> they were going to do and they came with road they said we we're going to make a sequel to roadhouse and i was like okay you you've I, send me the script so they sent me the script to roadhouse and uh it was horrible it was worse <laughs> it was it was bad like it didn't make any sense it didn't have any of the things that i loved about roadhouse and um i told him i was like i want to do this but let me and my writing partner take a stab at it and and rewrite it and see what you guys think. And if you like it, then I'll start it and, and we'll make it. So they did. 
they actually hired us to make a polish. We gave them all notes. That's and amazing. And we made a polish. So we made it more of the movie that I love called Roadhouse. We made it, you know, like the, the beats and the, the cheesiness of it. And, you know, it's just, it's one of those movies that you love. You love to hate, but you can't stop watching. <laughs> Cannot stop watching. So what was it about? First of all, talk about the original Roadhouse and tell me what the original script to the sequel was missing that didn't match the spirit of it. Well, that was a long time ago. I, I can't remember exactly, but it didn't have, it didn't have any heart. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it just was an action thing. They didn't put any character, no character arcs, no nothing paid off. It was it was not a good screenplay. It was just someone got in there, had the opportunity to make an action film, and they probably took something else and they put the label Will yeah. Out on it. Was the original character that you played, was he originally in the original script, the son of the Patrick Swayze character, Dalton, or did you make no, that connection? We made that up. And then so ah. they were very scared that we would lose, uh, that we get sued or something like that. So we had, oh, to, no. we had to change... We changed like we wrote it exactly like what you would think you would do the lineage and all that mm-hmm. and, right right and they 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 pulled that back a little bit i was like listen dalton is the name and like right. you got to stay true and they were a little hesitant on that so we got by we, we figured out how we wouldn't get sued and yeah so <laughs> when you see it that's like what's what's happening i was out in the middle of we shot in a tree port Louisiana, mm-hmm. I'm I'm remembering back. So, it was it was a black. It was right after Katrina. Mm-hmm. Yep, I think that yes. So we were we were the first film to shoot after Katrina because we were supposed to film it in New Orleans. Oh wow! We had to move all the way up to uh, Shreveport, Baton the Baton Rouge, Baton Rouge, Shreveport. I think it's Baton Rouge. There's a studio there. that (laughs) A studio in Louisiana. What I loved about what you just said about the heart is that in the the original, and I'll go through anyone who else wants to chime in about the original plot, but the original plot of the first movie is so far-fetched that it has to have heart in it or it doesn't work. And I think the heart of it was you believing Patrick Swayze. Um, but basically it's about this guy named Dalton who is a famous bouncer. I didn't know that was a thing, but that's what, can I say that? That's uh, what got me is that he had a reputation. He and Sam Elliott's character. So when they mentioned, they go, oh my gosh, we know who you are because you're the famous bouncer. And I was like, this is a culture I don't know about, but I believed okay. it. L- I let, believed me, it. Let, me, let me throw something in here um, as a, in a, former, younger, dumber life, a cooler myself. He was famous as a cooler, not as a bouncer. Bouncer's the guy at the front door. Cooler's the guy who's in charge of everything and the de-escalating guy. You did that? Oh, yeah. Yeah. In in an unsavory portion of New York City, no less. But um, Damn. So so the thing that brought me into that whole movie, and and I I love Roadhouse, and I love Roadhouse 2 on a completely different level. And um, you're telling me about the genesis of the script is exactly how it felt like it went to me. Yeah. <laughs> like, okay, the studio wanted to make money off the Roadhouse name. 
exactly and then and i went i went back and watched it again and and i was rereading the thing like oh okay he wrote it that explains why it's watchable but and then i'm like i'm wondering like did they own the rights to the original script because it dances a lot around stuff that would be really easy to have a one sentence exposition (laughs) it didn't so i'm like oh okay that's that's exactly how i thought it would happen um but circling back again so they were famous he was famous as a cooler bouncers don't get famous you know the guy who's in charge of the bouncers can get famous okay thank you and that was what rung true about that to me so i want you to be nice i want you to be nice so john did when did you first see the original roadhouse and what is it about it that made you interested in off that whole list of stuff you could have made of redoing that one hmm I just remember I love Patrick Swayze. I mean, you know, he always he always just he studied the same acting teacher with me as as I did as well. So I'd see him at the studio all the time. But that the first Roadhouse just it's just awesome. This is such an awesomeness to it. You know, remember that film that Patrick made about the guy he couldn't kill? <laughs> do you, I know? What was so, it? Do you remember this movie where they kept he? he he couldn't kill this guy. He couldn't beat him up enough to kill him. I'm gonna find it. I'm gonna find it. So, no, that and I, I thought I've seen all of them. This movie would really his action films would go way beyond. This was <laughs> this was you know physical. It was I loved. I just loved the movie. I loved Sam Elliott in it. I tried to. I Me remember too. when the, we were trying to uh, get cast. You know the casting, and I was like, well, can we write a part for Sammy and get him to come back? And that's when I started realizing. <laughs> They're not really, they don't really want to make a sequel. Um, <laughs> even even I met uh, some of the other guys from the original cast. And I was trying to find some people from the original. Right. And they kept saying, no, 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 no. So. Oh, wow. Yeah. And then I tried to stunt cast it. You know, like, I, was talk- like, I just wanted to get as many popular figures, r- wrestlers, musicians. Yeah. Um, and they were just Be- they were, no 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 <laughs> well because that was part of the magic of the original is that you've got like all these people like Ben Gazzara and um and Sam Elliott and uh Kevin Ty Kevin right, Ty like- it's so funny Lynn said to me I watched this movie and I realized that Kevin Ty was not the bad guy and in the later part of his career he was always the bad guy so it was kind of disconcerting and um I'm Jeff uh the angel eyes, the 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 uh, musician. Yeah, yeah. And what's his last name? Jeff Healy. Healy. Jeff Healy. Yeah. So, so when good. I when I saw that movie the first time, my dad and I were convinced that he was going to be the one who wound up dead. Spoiler, because <laughs> um, he's like Cody, such a nice guy. Yeah. He's a musician. He's in the thing, and my father's like, someone's going to attack Cody, and they throw a couple of beer bottles and some glasses at his head when he's trying to sing, and he keeps singing. And he keeps singing. I think maybe, well, I think maybe also too, maybe, and I thought about this, because he's, because he's blind, I wondered too, like he knew that people were fighting, but if it bothered him less because he couldn't actually see the stuff coming towards him, you know what I'm saying? He was less distracted, like he had it in his ear and he was like, I'm just going to keep going. He ducked a couple glasses. There, there's yeah. two roadhouses about 30 miles out of Austin I need to take you to. That's just a Saturday night. 
Yeah, yeah, that's, that's what I was going to say. Is like that. That was commonplace. That's what they did. That's why you went. There. It was. It was so wild to me. And again, now being fifty-two, watching this stuff, is that I'm thinking about like cleaning all this stuff up. Like, like I'm like, oh my goodness, they're going to spend so much time cleaning up all those bottles. Blah. But that's the kind of thing that I'm thinking of at 52. And that and those of you who were not alive in the late 80s and early 90s see these movies were literally it was I'm going to say a bad word, Lynn. I know you'll worry your eyes, but there's this scene from Triple X, the first one, Vin Diesel, where there's like the bad guy and he's with like Eastern European, vaguely something with all these girls in this like Icelandic bar. And he goes, bitches, come. And they all go and they walk with him. And that was just what was happening. It was all like boobs and knife fights for no reason and just like dumb people like there's a guy in the first roadhouse one of the all these people who are trying to kill patrick swayze ben gazara inexplicably has like um a sidekick who's like a big fat guy who always wears suspenders over his undershirt and there is no reason for this man, A, not to have been killed in the first fight because he can't run, he can't fight, he can't do anything. And at the, he can't, and at the end, he winds up like he doesn't get killed like a giant, like polar bear that's been stuffed in Ben Gazzara's weird house falls on him. And he's like, I got hit by a polar bear. It's like, what is this freaking movie? But it was, but you loved it. And I, I well, and now, and I will say this. So Leslie and my dad, this was what the Roadhouse, the original, was one of their um, traditions. They would watch it. I have never seen it until, which is funny, until like a couple days ago. And I, but I have a big insight now into my sister and my dad in the very best way. In the very best way. Um, just, so, John, can you talk to me? And I think I'm not just saying this because I like you, but I'm saying this because it's true. I think that you and Patrick Swayze have a similar gravitas. vibe. Yes, a similar gravitas and that you're both physical guys, good looking guys, guys who were both artists, but also believable because Patrick Swayze's thing is he was a ballet dancer who was also a cowboy. He could also kick your butt as he was like pirouetting around you. And I think you have, you know, and you have a similar gravitas. You have a similar like. I could play like a, a haunted, you know, Confederate soldier, but I could also give a soliloquy about a thing, you know? So you have that. What was it out of all the late eighties, early nineties action guys that you identified with, with Patrick Swayze? Yeah, I think, I think to make it easy, he could dance. And I like that. <laughs> I, and I just liked his, just yeah, he I, and uh, you know I, I said to myself, I'm not really an action, I'm not an action guy, but I'm gonna play one in this movie because I think yep. I got I got the chops to do it, and I had yeah, studied yeah, yeah. God and I, um, I just I wasn't like an aficionado in it, but I was an aficionado as an actor, and I think that Patrick was as well, and he was a leading man, um, and and that's what I really wanted to become. So in in my, you know, in my one of my darkest times i decided to take on the action hero guy which is very interesting right like when i yes. felt most vulnerable i decided oh i'm gonna be an action star <laughs> so awesome. what is that is it a self-protection thing or is it i i don't necessarily feel this thing internally so i'm going to project it and see if i catch up to it 
I think that's true. And I think, you know, now my my series that I have now, I am an action guy. I'm, I'm yeah, the, you are. And I fit really well into the role. Um, so, yeah, I think I was trying to, I was trying to find my way, really. And I, I remember afterwards we tried, I tried, and I had some people try to help me make it into a series because I thought, man, this could be the greatest series ever. <laughs> yep. But then again, I thought it could be a greatest sequel ever. And there's great things in the, in the movie. Like J.J. Perry was the choreographer. Now, J.J. Perry is the choreographer in Hollywood. He's the best fight choreographer. Now he's directing films. He's kicking butt. And he was he he was the guy who put all those fight sequences. That's why amazing it's so good. The fights are great in this movie. So and they're long, by the way, I like it because I compare it to like the John Wick fight scenes that last forever. The fight scenes in, in your movie and in the original Roadhouse are really long choreographed fight scenes that you have to follow there's like an arc like this person's winning this person's winning this is happening this is happening and it just you can't fast forward through it there's a character arc just in those those scenes it's beautiful yeah jj really he 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 made the film watchable if it, if you had bad choreography you would have been close <laughs> and he would bring in he would bring in guys like richard norton and he tells me this as yeah. we're as i'm training with richard norton he goes this man was one of the deadliest men in the world at one point. So like I'm playing around with Richard, <laughs> you know, blocking him like this. And then just before we go through the take, I look at Richard getting ready. I'm like, okay, here we go. <laughs> this guy's eyes like, like a shark went. And I was like, he's going to kill me. <laughs> I love that. He started so to throw his punches. I was like, cut, 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 cut. So yeah, that part of behind the scenes was fantastic. Oh, oh, I love that so much. So, and we've been talking about this very inside baseball, a very two minute synopsis for those of you who have not seen uh, Roadhouse but are here because you're a fan of this this gentleman. Um, the original Roadhouse was a guy named Dalton, like I said, who was the cooler, who was basically a guy who's famous. You bring in when you have this crazy bar where people are literally like showing their boobs, screwing in the back scene throwing stuff at the people dancing on the tables it's all there's like side prostitution happening it's very oh weird. my gosh it's very weird so <laughs> they bring patrick swayze in kevin ty's character kevin ty from emergency and many other things played many an svu bad guy comes in and says i own this bar but he doesn't really tell him who really owns the bar he owned this bar can you come in clean it up he goes great he comes in it's actually owned oh, in a weird on. way and he said he wanted $5,000 down up front and then $500 a night, which I worked out in, in 1989 money. That was like $120,000, not even with the 5000 down. And I was like, that's good money 34 years ago. <laughs> 34 years ago. So he comes in and then he realizes that the town and the bar's liquor is owned by this guy, Ben Gazzara. And I never really figured out why it is that he was rich. He just was, and he was evil and crazy. So yes. he also had a thing for comely lady doctor, Kelly Lynch. And of course, <laughs> she and Dalton get together and they find out that surprise among all the people that he always wanted to own, it was Kelly Lynch's character and it's, it's crazy. And he brings Sam Elliott in, who's his friend, who's another cooler. Sam Elliott has never been hotter than in that movie. He had this the salt and pepper 
hair and he, he he runs his hair his hands through his hair and i'm very 80 so i'm like he needed a scrunchie how hot would he been with a scrunchie in the back of his hair anyway so things go crazy uh, ben gazard just starts straight up like hiring people to try to kill people he's blowing up people's businesses like he won't pay me the protection fee i'm just gonna blow you up sorry so it all comes to a head they kill poor sam elliott um and that's too far for Dalton. So Dalton goes off. He kills <laughs> literally everybody, including uh, John Doe of uh, of X, of the band, you know, famous pop star, rock star, punk guy. Kills him, kills everybody, all goes nuts. Um, and then he kills Bingo. Everybody in town kills Bingo. Everybody who's fed up with everything comes and they shoot him and then the cops come in <laughs> and they go what happened they go we ain't see nothing they put all the guns away and then patrick swayze goes whatever so in the sequel dalton is has been killed right yeah i mean don't ask me i can't remember anything so yeah I, I so the one thing that wasn't in the first one was there was no mythology behind it yes so and so that that's why it didn't work. The, mm. When you watch the movie, it's cheesy. It's got some things that are really, you know, over the top. But it was like we were trying to make it very similar to Roadhouse too. But the mythology had the same kind of, you know, revenge. Um, yes. Right. To do the right thing, having to do the right thing, uh, overcoming incredible odds. None of that stuff was in the original script. Well, and that's in the the trailer to Roadhouse 2 that if you only see the, the everything is amazing, but the trailer is so great. It's like, and now he's led by revenge. It's like, oh, shucks. It's <laughs> evident. Um, but it just, like I said, it, there's a scene, and we talked about it right before we started recording, where these two women who were fighting in a kitchen. <laughs> and just like in the first one, there's lots of knives involved. People got, they pull knives for any reason, but these women- Everywhere, knives knives and they're in a kitchen so they're fighting and at one point this one woman says she's about to she stabs her like in the stomach and she says i want to see what your insides look like and she basically goes you're a freak i'm like well she's obviously trying to stab you she's clearly a freak so um it was so once again over the top and wonderful um while we're talking about this can you guys think of any other movies in that late late 80s, early 90s genre that you think Patrick Swayze or otherwise that you think fit into this this milieu? And to use a word like milieu with these movies, yeah. But do you find anyone that fits it? Well, every Schwarzenegger film and every Stallone film. Yeah. yeah and those, it, two, those two were competing for the top. And then you had Swayze. Yes. Um, and Swayze was always like, he wasn't Schwarzenegger, he wasn't Stallone. But he's right. still... This movie still made money. Absolutely. The, the movie that came to mind just now was Die Hard, just in terms oh. of we were talking about the um about the fight scenes and about how wonderful the scenes were. I mean, and Gudnov with the dancer, right? Um, that the um there was an elegance about the fights because it was very much like, I'm going to kill you now. But I'm, but let's let's play with it. You know, it was very much like I'm not just gonna come and 
and shoot you, there was a whole like thing to it. And so that's what came to my brain. And probably because we watch um, Die Hard, my husband and I watch it every Christmas Eve when we're Sydney. wrapping gifts. It is a Christmas movie. It's a Christmas movie. <laughs> also, like John was saying before, the what matters is the heart. That Die Hard was many things, but it was also a, sh- a movie about a man protecting his family and about he had a very innate sense of right and wrong, even though he really didn't want to be involved, even though like the Ellis character who's like doing coke and being an idiot, he wants to save, he didn't like Ellis, he's just met him, but he wants to save his life because he's a good guy and he connects to the Al character, you know, who's, you know, out there and he he understands, Al understands that John is a good guy, you know, Roy, as he calls him. And so there's just like with Point Break, you know, Swayze and Keanu and Keanu, I mentioned um, John Wick, you know, which are more recent. There's that ridiculously like cartoon, almost violence, but John Wick, I relate to this, was a widower. And then they killed his dog. And he's like, I tried y'all. I tried. (laughs) I think there's a connection between John Wick and um, Roadhouse too. And I think that's JJ Perry. I know JJ Perry was part of it. I don't know if he was the main choreographer, which he probably was. Um, I'm going to look at yeah, it. So you see a lot of that stuff because of Parrot J.J. Perry. He's the man. That's really beautiful. That's really, and once it, go ahead, Sam. There's there's also, one of the things that I, I love about um, I, Roadhouse and uh, Dirty Dancing and any Patrick Swayze movie is a movie with a lot of action, but not necessarily action with a little bit of movie um and one of the reasons why much to my aggravation when it came out i actually enjoyed roadhouse 2 is because <laughs> you captured that that sort of attitude of you know you're doing you're doing the action because it's the thing to do you had that swayze sort of an attitude and a feel to it i was not mad at the thought that your character was his character's kid that didn't that didn't that didn't throw me and i expected that to be the no and i'm like uh, okay fine okay i'll go with it <laughs> like i said there were there are a bunch of plot bumps which you've described exactly why they happen because uh, that wasn't what the studio wanted to do but um yeah no, that was that was believe and that was you didn't throw me out of it and i enjoyed that and i've kind of like as i'm thinking about it now stuff you've done since then you've been you've been heading in in, in a more in a more swayzy sort of a mold Hell yeah! As you go, which is about the highest compliment I can pay an actor, I suspect. I know. Thank you very much for that. Yeah, <laughs> I love that. That's so true, man. Oh, I, I remember trying to get. You know, I I think I'm a big dreamer too. So I think in the beginning I was like, I'll get Sweezy to come out for a day and you know have a death scene or something. I don't know what that was. <laughs> I was I was I was adamant about it because I was trying to do what I think Jake Gyllenhaal's doing right now. Yeah. is to make it a big sequel you know yep um yeah and and wait, those of you who don't know jake gyllenhaal is doing um a sequel and with the strike and stuff i don't know exactly when it's going to come out but um he's jake gyllenhaal was in this movie that came out last year have you seen ambulance it is so beautifully terrible and i've seen it through i watched it and then i watched it again back to back um, it's wonderfully awful in the best it's way. It's so great. And then he understands, because he's such a good actor and leaning into his action stuff in his 40s, he understands that he can play these people who are 
big bad guys but who have a soul like in this he's like in the ambulance movie he and his adopted brother um or like pulling this heist and of course it never goes right and they're driving through la in this ambulance trying to with hot with captives trying with hostages trying to elude the police and lynn texts me and she goes we're watching at the same time she goes how much gas is ambulance <laughs> because they never stop they're just like and they're not <laughs> just driving they're like doing those big like beverly hills cop a uh, lethal weapon like slow motion like jumps over like a speed. thing like, like speed. speed exactly um but it was so great because you just gave into it like with it and it was such a throwback to those 80 80s 90s um action movies because you go like you know what i'm going with it i don't care how much gas they have let's yeah let's go have, have you seen that ambulance Yep, he's Dick Gyllenhaal's sensational actor. I watch, I actually study him because he does things like uh, in um, Prisoner. Did you see Prisoner? Remember Prisoner? Yes. Yeah. Film? He, yeah, so yeah. He, he won't just, you know, like every movie has something like, oh my God, this is the evidence right here. Oh my God, here's the evidence. <laughs> so in, in Prisoner, you know that I could tell Jake Gyllenhaal was like, no, 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 we're not doing that. <laughs> and he has this whole sequence to be able to find something that he shouldn't find. Uh, and it makes you go, wow, that was amazing. Instead of going, oh, you know, it's too easy. Yes. That usually, usually because he, he has time to do that as well. But I think that he also takes the time prior to do all the work that he can for his characters. And, and that, if I may, if I may say this without being weird about it, but what he and you and Patrick Swayze have in common is that you're very good looking people who are also talented. So I get it's true that like you're casting these things because there's lots of good looking actors who were in one or two like action movies that never did anything like Jeff Speakman. God bless him. You know, and I, we, Lynn and I, we used to watch all the martial arts movies. We're like the perfect weapon. We watched, we went to see almost every Steven Seagal movie in the theater. I mean, we were, my dad, the day it came out. The day it came out, my dad was huge into these things. So Van Damme a, too. Van all Damme Van Damme. Well. So there was a difference between the people who were in their right, like Jeff Speakman, amazing martial artist, really good martial artists, but not actors. And someone like you or Jake Gyllenhaal or Keanu Reeves or Arnold Schwarzenegger um, or Stallone or um, uh, Vince, Vin Diesel, these people who have even Denzel in some roles where he chose to go the action route have very good looks, but also a, a there there behind the there. And I, to me, that's what makes it, that's what makes you keep wanting to watch what you do and what those people do. So uh, I'll stop talking, but. Cool. I love that. <laughs> that's true. That's what they hire me for. There you go. There you go. So you mentioned um, all the things. Sam, did you have uh, other movies in that genre on those lists? I did, uh, so I'll be honest, that period of filmmaking in my brain is like one big 700 hour movie. There's a, a very, it's a, <laughs> right. It's, it's, it, it was, it was a, <laughs> and in another inside baseball thing, it was a point where there was a lot of studio consolidation 
So all of a sudden, the guy who signs the check is a guy who's like, we can make more money off of this sequel than, you know, doing, and you lose so much of the original content that way because it's not art anymore. It's an investment. So the right. art people are working for the investment people. And that somewhere in that early, mid to late 80s is where it just sort of flew, you know, and then suddenly, suddenly, you know, you get the tested things work. So the, yes. the actors, and which leads to an interesting thing, like there's also a thing about actors being right for the role. Tom Cruise, one of our great actors, action star par excellence, the worst Jack Reacher possible, <laughs> did not match that character whatsoever. I love those books. And then, um, oh, what's his name? Um, Alan In the Richman. TV show? Yeah. I, I saw the thing for that. I'm like, oh, I hope they have him for Reacher. And then I'm like, and coming soon, Reacher. I'm like, because he's supposed to be eight feet tall. Yes, and stoic, and and but yeah, and you and uh, that's that is circling back to what I was saying about like I bought you completely as Dalton's kid, Uh, like you're just right person, right attitude, right body language, the right actor at the right time in the right place, right? Whatever else you can say, you know, and and you keep doing that, like I'm I'll buy into anything you care to sell, (laughs) like I will give anything you a, a shot. You're gonna love Blue Ridge. I think it's great. <laughs> We're excited about it. It's on I- INSP. That's where um, it's yeah, it starts there. It's a cable network. Yeah. So where is it starts there? Is it going somewhere else or? Well, the it, it's based off of a film that I did for them. Exactly. Yeah. The, the next thing I know, it was on Amazon Prime and then Peacock. Yeah. It just does that thing now that everything you know <laughs> goes to streaming. And next thing you know, everyone gets to see it. It's kind of great. That's amazing. It's so funny. We were talking about sort of like the the thing that I think makes a lot of these movies that now we're 35 years still talking about is that there is both a series, the characters are serious about what they're doing, but the filmmakers have a, not a lightness, but at least a sense of humor, a sense of understanding of this is ridiculous. When you were talking about that genre and that era, I was thinking about the brilliance that is Netflix's Cobra Kai. Because Cobra Kai is about many things. It's about nostalgia. It's about revenge. It's about relating to your younger and older self. But it's also about figuring out whether or not you were the good guy or the bad guy in your past. And that it took this movie, because the first Karate Kid, great movie. Second one, pretty good. They got ridiculous shortly after. Lynn knows I was obsessed with Bob Macchio. I saw all of them. I literally walked out of um natural born killers because it was too much for me into the next karate kid with hillary swank because it was playing in the same theater in miami so i love these things but when cobra kai comes out and it's like was johnny the villain in the movie in the first movie really the bad guy or was he just a kid who was beat up on a lot and was daniel the good guy was he also this kind of kid who kind of went along with the villainization of other people not understanding and kind of became a character of himself and that the action it's got like 80, 80 minute long action sequences, girls, guys, older people, younger people, and that they keep bringing these 80s and 90s action people back is great. I would love you to be on that. I think you'd be fun on that. Just kick somebody and leave. Me and Billy started coming to um, Nashville together for the Make-A-Wish uh, Charity Foundation. And that's how I got to know Billy. Next thing you know, Billy would always talk about 
Johnny getting his 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 due. And um I mean he, he manifested. <laughs> That's crazy. It's crazy, right? And so well, and- I, I talked to the Cobra Kai creators. Um I said, why don't you do the same thing with my character Jimmy from that thing you do? And they loved that idea. They were mm-hmm. all over it. <laughs> That's a great okay. idea. Okay, but- we've said for years and years recently, we would love to hear what the herdsmen are doing and we would love to talk <laughs> about his uh jimmy's career his story career as a producer and all of everything that happened after i quit they should call it what happens after i quit um <laughs> it was, but but yes because i i i love the you know, when the credits are going off, when they what it says happens to everybody. And that would be amazing. Leslie, weren't we just saying that we, we were just know what saying to Jimmy, that to Jimmy? too? Because and John and I have talked about this too. The un, and it was in the story I read about him in the Baltimore banner that the older you get, you understand that yes, that he was a bad boyfriend, but a very good businessman. Lynn and I say all the time to each other, I'm reluctant to sign anything that has to do with my music. Um <laughs> because <laughs> I, I do, you know, and as a as a writer, as a, both a journalist and a, a an author and a person who, you know, optioned a book, you know, for and has had to read. Book. Thank you. Um, and had to read real far into a lot of things and contracts about. So when is my check coming and things of that nature and what I'm getting? I revisit my contract every couple months just to make sure that I'm I'm square with it. So in, in the movie, Jimmy is the um the front man. He's the talent, as Mr. Mr. White calls him. And he's also the guy that there would be no band without. And he writes all the music. And so they're all like, Woohoo, we're gonna be on the radio and we're gonna get in a camper and sign a contract. He's like, What 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 are we doing? What are we doing? <laughs> and that's at, at 52 that makes perfect sense to me that he'd be like whoa whoa because the rest of them are like literally guy you know it was barely in the he'd been in the band for like a day or two and the bass player don't even have a name and lenny's kind of a happy idiot and Faye's just there going you're so cute and he's like but what does this say and yeah. now like it's having had to sign lena and i both had to sign you know contracts and stuff based on our words going um what (laughs) yeah yeah i I had explained to my son the other day about jimmy and i was like he really just wasn't in the (laughs) fae and it was like everyone else was in the fae he was just not in the fae he was like my dreams are coming true right here right now and you know like this is a great opportunity but you're not stepping up to the plate because this is what we're here for and no one else so everyone else was having a blast (laughs) <laughs> uh, paying attention to what they were actually doing i just i see that and i love that movie so much i've loved it since 1996 but i see it so much differently look there's a character diane dane who's like a uh, oh, yeah. dusty springfield sort of a character who has had hits before and now she's a little older and she's saying to jimmy don't get caught up the way I got caught up. And at 25, I'm watching this movie going, oh, she just bit her because she's not fair. And I'm like, she's trying to protect her bag, yo. And she looks at Jimmy and says, Jimmy's the only one who gets it. He's yeah. the only one who's serious. So she's talking to him like, don't yeah, don't sure. let him fool you. Yeah, that's exactly it. I well, did the... have to tell my son, though. I will. Camden, not... we not... this is true. It's he was true. not good, not good to her at the he he was very selfish 
Yes. Yes. He, he took it out on um, Faye, and he should never have done that. Yeah. No, there's a part when they're you're Captain Geach and the Shrimp Shack Shooters, um, at what is it, something at something pier? What was the movie called? Party at um, uh, something yeah. at Party Pier. Something. That, yeah, that's it. Right there, you go. <laughs> but when everybody out there, no, 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 sorry, um, I've seen this movie a few times, but um, no, where. Right here comes COVID. Anyway, there's a part when um, everyone else is playing and you're like, this is ridiculous. This has nothing to do with our music. Why are we pretending to be another band? They're not even, they're not even calling us the wonders in this. Like, this isn't helping us at all. And everybody else is like, but it's a good time and we get to be in a movie and what else would we be doing? And again, like Leslie said, watching it now and i watch this movie every few years it makes sense again jimmy not great to pay and also he had a plan even when you go up to alex rocco um uh, somebody and, get Fabian out of my face Thank right again exactly it made sense because again th this band existed on Jimmy's music. So it made sense that he was trying to figure out where all of that went. And the fact that everybody else kind of drifted out of music, all the other characters, except Guy and Faye open a music school, right? But Jimmy's the only one who stays in recording. it, right? Yep, yep. Stays in it recording. And I would love to know Oh my gosh, that was amazing. It's so funny. You just said one thing, John, and it just set us off about the, them doing this, the whatever happened to Jimmy. But I would love to know that story and I would love to see that. So if you ever get to have that conversation again, tell them that you would have many watchers. I, I think they know that. I really want them to be able to do it. We won't be able to do it because it's Drake, but also I, there was, you know, they, they had another idea already moving forward i mean that okay. idea, i don't think that's the idea succeeded so maybe the guys from Cobra kai can step back in there you go That'd be awesome right i would, it love would be it. so awesome so this has been really fun mostly because we all are on the same page um about just like the awesomeness of this time i think that there are people if there's any i always say caveat if there's anybody who's younger than 35 listening to this and super confused about what we're talking about we, okay. we don't apologize we don't care um nope. We don't it, read some. I have to figure out like who, because I'm interested in like what some of the younger stuff is. I have to look these people up and I'll do the research. Like what is a whatever, like, and I go, oh, okay. Like there's half these people, like Olivia Rodrigo, I had no idea. And they're like, oh, the the driver's licensing. It's this guy on some other show. And it's like, who is that? And I looked it up. So y'all can look up some 80s, 90s stuff. Um, As we wind this down, um. Having discussed both Roadhouse and Roadhouse 2 in this genre, John, do you still believe that it is cheesy? And if you do, do you care? I'm glad it is cheesy. Yeah, it's supposed to be. The Roadhouse, the first one was cheesy. You know, I think I think cheesy could be overly sentimental. Mm. You know, so I think a lot of the overly sentimental stuff is very cheesy. This is cheesy. 
just this is cheesy. <laughs> <laughs> we are all cheesy in a way. And yeah, I think we're that, all kind of cheesy a little bit. Well, and I, I think that that we've always said that part of cheese is a lack of care if you're being sentimental and, a, and an embrace of earnestness. Yeah. Um, and I, I think that that's what what I know I do best. Um, and I think that all, all of us have some semblance of that. So if you want people to find you, John, where would they find you? At John Sheck on Instagram and Twitter. J-O-H-N-S-E-H-A-E-C-H. I should change Fame. my I should change the handle. I don't know why, but that's it's always been that way. That's your name, yo. Um, we found each other on Twitter. Yes, we follow each other on Twitter. Um, or X, which I refuse to call it, um, because okay. it's it's Twitter. Um, <laughs> it, it's Twitter, and so it's Twitter. We were the, the fun thing about me and John is that we have been trying to actually meet in person for like uh, almost ten years, and um he every time he comes to town something happens and like he goes oh my gosh i got you guys tickets to go see me and my son throughout the first ball and i was like he's gonna say when we're on vacation i just I'm, i know that's the date he's the day you go yeah we're not here so at some point we will actually um get to to hang out and have some coffee or something but um i just wanted to thank you guys all uh, for being here and this conversation was so great and I hope everybody just uh, understands how you can hear it and understand how fun it is thank you producer Sam oh, thank you Sam. Woo-hoo. thank you Lynn thanks for hanging in there Lynn, you, you didn't cough once thank you well I muted a couple of times I was like this and I'm out it was very poetic um and thank you guys so much for being here again and as always Keep it easy, keep it breezy, keep it cheesy. Bye. Bye. See y'all.